the three reasons people go to medical school, and my reason. It was the spring semester. Being first year, medical school had novelty, excitement, eyes twinkled in the hallways. We were all figuring this out and closing in on one year in the books. No small feat, we thought to ourselves. Almost a quarter done. No one thought about residency yet. A lax first year curriculum allowed for a medicine humanities class in the afternoon. I signed up for a former medical school dean's course on literature and medicine, hearing it was more work but more interesting than others. I loved those afternoons. Midway through a breakdown of something by Chekhov, the former dean, now retired mentor, pined on medicine at large, with us in his sights. People go to medical school for one of three reasons, altruism, power, or money, he declared with a certain boldness. The room was silent. We were gathering which defined our motivation. Weren't we all altruistic? I sat in my seat long after the discussion returned to Chekhov. Wondering why I didn't feel confident in altruism. Years later, I know my motivation, and I know it well. I reckon many other physicians fall into my company. I'd like to add a fourth category, in addition to the former deans, but first I'll review the big three reasons and my estimated percent of physicians in each. In parentheses, this is a discussion of motivations when entering medical school. These reasons are likely shifted by the sands of time, burnout, and financial needs later in life. I also recognize that people do things for many reasons, not just one, so this is an exercise in looking at the primary motivation only. Reason number one, altruism, 50%. These are the physicians, learning, diagnosing, and treating. These people stay late. They often get voted chief resident. The Hippocratic Oath is a blood oath. When I think about my classmates and fellow residents who really love their jobs, this is who I see. Reason number two, power, 20%. Face it, the scalpel feels pretty good in the hand. The prescription pad fits nicely on the desk. People calling you doctor rings right. Patients thank you for saving their life every day. There is real prestige and social capital in this job. It's an achievement ranking near the top of achievement hierarchy. A flex of all flexes for the National Honor Society alumnus. It pays the success bills. It's a job that allows you to feel in control of life. Reason number three, money, 10%. I've got an investment for you. Study for four years, costing you said time, in 300 to $400,000 in loans, and receive a bare minimum $200,000 per year in salary for the duration of your working life. On paper, who would turn down that investment? Including your interest, your break-even is five to seven years after residency. It's a hell of an investment. Yes, there are risks, especially in time and income-producing years, which are broken down at the White Coat Investor in much more detail. Money is gasoline. Sending your vehicle wherever you'd like. For some, medicine is the best way to get that gas. It's that simple, and not altogether bad. Another trade of time for money, no different than a stockbroker loving what the trade provides more than the trade itself. A means to an end. To the savvy and financially disciplined, medicine is a path to early financial freedom. My reason... Fear, 20%. If it was easier to go to medical school, complete residency, and earn a board certification in psychiatry than it was to go after my dream, that means fear is the real deal. What was I scared of? Ridicule and judgment were factors. I cared about people's opinions. But the fear ran deeper. I was scared shitless to own my own life. To own my life meant owning that I really didn't want to be a doctor. To be victorious in chasing my calling, then... 
It was moving to the mountains to write and snowboard. Necessitated an all-in bet. A true gamble with real risk and consequences. I risked approval, relationships, and social status. Or so I thought. Parentheses. I've since seen the tribe moves on quickly to their own problems. Losing was to not exist. So I risked nothing. Or so I thought. And played not to lose. As you know, if you've ever lost a game after playing not to lose, those losses ache and ache and ache. I've spent the last years processing that loss. My heart goes out to anyone, physician or otherwise, who knows that ache. If there's solace to be had, I believe everyone enters this journey. A calling, a dismissal of the calling, getting lost and getting back to wholeness. Many have and will end up in the aching place we've known. The bell always tolls. I get even more solace, though, from this. There will always, always, always be another opportunity to play to win, to face the fear, and this time we'll be better prepared. Knowing our opponent, fear, which is no longer a motivation, well.